Dave, tell everybody about uh, our guest. Oh, the, arguably one of my favorite people yeah. on earth. Because no matter how bad my day is, <laughs> our next guest's day was probably worse. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he called himself Mr. Lucky, and it's an ironic title, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just say that. Toby uh, Maxwell, our guest, uh, national known comedian, you've probably seen him on, what, Craig Ferguson, yeah. yeah, he's all over at the Catch a Rising Star and the, yep, and the Zanies and whatever, all over the Midwest especially, good friend of ours, he's an author of ours, uh, we had a chance to, um, well... Talk to him a little bit, and we hadn't talked to him for a while. And uh, yeah, looking. so that's coming up. Yeah. Um, uh, but first, mm. I think people need to hear this other fine old pie show. All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Dave. The comedian's comedian is on the line here. We, Doby has uh, toured the country doing comedy literally everywhere. Doby, is there is there a state in this country that you have not appeared as a comedian? Uh, a state of solvency. And <laughs> <laughs> I believe it or not, after all these years, Alaska is the only state I have not been to. Oh. I I do believe it. And what states are preventing you from going back to any of them? Yeah, how many That's have? A, <laughs> in many of them. So I'm I'm fighting it uh, legally. No, I'm uh, I'm invited back to most of them. Okay. Well, Doby's not only a comedian. Doby Maxwell, who we're talking to, uh, to here, he's also a radio guy, an entrepreneur. Uh, I first met Doby about 20 years ago when he was one of the Loop Morning Guys with Spike and Max, and that's a show I consulted, and we've stayed friends ever since. And in 2016, Eckhart's Press published Doby's book, Monkey in the Middle, which is one of our favorites, one of our best-selling titles, and we'll get into that in a bit. But I want to start with what you're doing right now, Doby, that you... You have joined us in the podcasting world. Tell us about your show, Just My Type, which I'm assuming is a dating show. It's a dating show for amputees and uh, orphans. <laughs> and if you're an orphan amputee, you get a 15% discount. <laughs> no, what it is, it's a diabetes uh, podcast. I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 2011 after we worked together yeah. and uh, that's a word you get dropped on it and it's it's a nasty story how it happened to me but again my life has always been more difficult than anyone else's <laughs> it's true uh, true story and what one of my testicles and I'm, I'm just using a word because there's no other word i can sh that's the medical word was about four times bigger than the other one i'm mm. not making this up this is not a joke and it's one of those things where both of them had swollen up i'm thinking i'm doing well in life when one does so i've got a kiwi fruit and a mango and this is not a good thing 
So to make a long story longer, I'm on the comedian self-employed 100% deductible plan insurance. <laughs> so I didn't go for for several days. It got to be Father's Day. And I'm thinking, fathers, you know, most comedians have horrible relationships with their father. Mine was too. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to either kill myself or go to the emergency mm. ward. They went to the emergency room. I had no idea what was wrong with me. And, of course, there is a gorgeous movie star quality hot receptionist <laughs> in the in, Yes. What's wrong with you, sir? Well, it's uh, my testicles. <laughs> and you want to swallow it. So they had the pit crew, the A.J. Foyt pit crew, looked me over, and they took blood and whatever else fluids they could get out, and they said, uh, Mr. Maxwell, you have diabetes. Uh, and I said, no, no, that that can't be the right thing. Your blood sugar is 500. Is that good? Oh. No, it's uh, no one else in your family has diabetes? I said, no, they all got cancer, and they deserved it. But, uh, <laughs> Nobody had diabetes, so basically I learned how to live uh, with type 2 diabetes. And you think about it, uh, the American basic lifestyle, the diet is horrible. Yeah. Right. And I, have, I would also have a Big Mac in one hand and a, a large uh, bedwetter-sized Dr. Pepper in the other and drive eight hours to gig. And the heaviest thing I lifted was a microphone, and it was a, a bad lifestyle. So within three months back then, I, I turned it around I, through diet and exercise. I got off all insulin and I figured, hey, I'm cured. So what happens? I go right back into doing sure. all the things I was doing and got back into it again. So what happened was one thing led to another and I got asked to, to be a co-host on a diabetes podcast. I said, uh, you're, you're, you're funny and, and we, we want to have fun, but we don't want to make fun because it could be scary to a lot of people. And they said, your, your co-host is going to be a 22-year-old uh, California woman who has got type 1 and you have type 2. I'm thinking, um, you know how radio is uh, yeah. back in day. Yeah. That, that, that the arranged marriage never yeah, yeah, worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where, buddy, this could not be any better. Her name is Samantha Parker, Sammy, and Dobie. It's like the, the dwarfs that didn't make the final seven. Sammy, Dwarf, Soupy, <laughs> Dwarf, you know. So anyway. To make Diabetes. <laughs> that, oh. That's a good one. That's funny. That's what makes the big money. Steal so, that. So, anyway, you can steal it. I will. I'll give you full credit. No, it's been a, it's been a really great experience. We've had people like Billy Gardell on. Billy Gardell was on Mike and Molly. He's a good friend of mine from oh, the road. Yeah. He had type two diabetes. He had the uh, the stomach uh, re reduction surgery, so he dropped about two hundred pounds. He is now not a diabetic anymore. And we had we have had uh, Olympic athletes on, and just not only celebrities, but those are some of the people we've had on. So it's just been a fantastic experience. And there are thirty seven million people with diabetes and rising in America, type one, type two, and pre diabetes. So in the radio, if I get one percent of those, if I, if I pull a one share in the diabetes world, I'll be buying you boys new Cadillacs every mm. week. So you're actually rooting for obesity then. You're <laughs> on team obesity for, you know, for, for your. From Wisconsin, and exactly right. When the gravy is a beverage, the idea of a vegetarian in Wisconsin is putting onions on your bratwurst. <laughs> now, you know, I'm going to tell you something, Doby, that Dave won't tell you because uh, he doesn't like praising people. But okay. he told me uh, that he has been inspired by your walking. That You now walk 10,000 steps a day, every day, all the time, right? How many days in a row have you done it? Well, as we record this, it's day 172. Wow. And and the, uh, what happened was uh, the, my birthday's in March, and we started recording the podcast in February. And they're all in their 20s. The staff, it's based out of Canada. My, my co-host is 22. They started a step challenge in April. I'm thinking, well, okay, well, I'm old now, but I can, I can, you know, hopefully keep up with them. I could barely do 2,500 steps. My tongue was hanging out. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Work my way up. So on April 11th, from March 14th, my birthday, until April 11th, that's the first day I was able to hit 10,000 steps. Now, 172 days later, as we record this, today I walked 16,000. I tried to get it done before. Wow. Uh, 
o'clock in the morning. So the, the rest of the day is mine. And it's I feel better. It's a it's a life changing experience. I feel like my dad stopped smoking and he was a jerk before he smoked. But afterwards, he would go up to people, strangers. You know what that does to you? He'd just be annoying. And people would smoke two cigarettes just to get him. Away. <laughs> <laughs> so you walk. Around, want, uh, I'm sorry. Go on, I interrupted, sir. No, no, no. It's OK. But, but I'm just saying that I, I, I feel like anybody, if, if you are above ground and can walk, you don't have to walk 10,000 steps. Do it. Do five minutes. Do 10 minutes. Park your car at the end of the, the right. grocery store and walk in. It's a life changer. I sleep better. I eat better. It's it's a it's wonderful. Well, like Rick said, you did inspire me. You know, you would you would do screenshots of your whatever the the the, uh, the health app. Uh, and I'm like, well, th- I'm going to try doing it. And I did. I was able to do it for the first month. And you're right. In the beginning, it would. It's, it's hard. Well, it's really hard. This month, I'm like at about 8,000 steps. I'm like, hey, I did the 10,000, you know, but 8,000 is still not so shabby, right? I'm proud of you. And that's fantastic. But the key is, even if you did 3,000 or 4,000 every day, right. that's the hard part. Right. right. I was, here's how dumb I am. I didn't know that they measured steps on your phone. It's like, I, I had no idea. So I was looking at some of the, the months before. I was averaging 400 steps a day total. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's walk to the fridge five times, take a dump, take a nap. That's it. Not even a comma, not a hundred, not even three digits. It's horrible. Yeah. So I think yeah, the, the American diet is it's it's bad. A little bit, little steps can go along with Dave. I'm so proud that you're doing it, man. Thank you. No, that and makes- and thank you for I mean, really. Uh and like Rick says, I hate saying anything nice about anybody, but you have been a inspiration. Well, uh you know what? Are you walking like around the neighborhood? What are you doing? Because I've and the tip that you just said is I think you said something like do 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes here. That is what really got me over the hump yep. because, yep. you know, doing 10,000 in one shot is what an hour and 20 minutes or whatever yeah. it is. You well, know? It's about an hour and 40 actually. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so is that what you do? Do you do, you do it continuously? I, I like to do it that way just because I know me. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll do half of it. Then I'll, I'll make excuses. So I, I just want to get it out of the way early, but again, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Now in bad weather, I go to like the big uh, grocery stores or a, or a Costco and walk around in there. People, are you shopping? Can I help you find anything? Nope, just doing my step. <laughs> so I walk up and down the aisles fifteen times and it's you like you're a nut, and that's well, okay. You but really, so- cannot find the triscuits. <laughs> right, exactly. The ra- the ragu's right here, you idiot. It's an aisle seven. It's uh, funny. There's a 24 hour Walmart not far from where I live. I live in a small town for the first time in my life. I don't know if either one of you guys did. You know, you make fun of the Mayberries of the world, but everybody now they call me Walker guy. Hey, Walker guy. They don't they don't ask my name because they see me out walking. So I, you know, I, I'm squatting in their bushes with binoculars every morning. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, that's no, Stalker guy. That's a different thing. <laughs> oh, Walker. I thought they were saying Walker guy. It's Stalker guy. Walker guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, congrats, buddy. We really. Uh... Really, we're Thank proud you. of you. We yeah. really are. And again, I'm never, I'm never happy for anybody. I'm actually happy for you. Yes, uh, buddy. Because hopefully it'll, be, it'll come back to you too. Because I, I was getting just really at the end of the rope. Because the show business world, radio, comedy, even writing, there, there's so many broken people. Mm-hmm. I say yeah. we're dead hands, you know, in that. And during the pandemic, I don't know what you guys did to survive. I sold a kidney, was good. I sold some of my baseball <laughs> cards. I got a job at a convenience store. And it was, uh, I lasted about a year and a half and I got fired because I told the customer off. But yeah. the, That is but so off-brand for you. It really is. <laughs> who who could have seen that coming? But I'm saying, I would I would have gotten applause for it and I told the guy. But anyway, my point is the people I worked with were just genuinely nice people. Granted, everybody has problems. But I would have gone to these people's houses for a meal, whereas comedians, you got to watch your back. 
You know what I'm saying? And I just think they were. I, I just got to open up to a whole new. Uh, how can I say, uh, just a, a m- membership of society when they, they were genuinely happy with me. They thought I was funny. You know, comedians they tend to be jealous. Oh, he, he's got the funny thing. It's just a, a whole new world. So I, I'm in the best place in my life I've been. And like when you're on the flight, you know, it says, we are approaching the final descent of O'Hare Airport. That's where I am in life. Yeah. 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 You're on the back nine, buddy. Get a little bit of time to have some goodness in, in, involved. Some people never figure it out. So hopefully it, it's never too late. But what do you do after you figure it out? That's where I'm at now to make the most good I can do. So you, you mentioned that uh, comedians are generally not very supportive of each other. I think that's a fair statement. <laughs> hey, Toby, great uh, set. I, yeah. <laughs> um, but there are, I mean, obviously, whenever you talk to a comedian, you know this and you say, hey, what, you know, that, that guy's funny or that guy's funny. A comedian will always say, yeah, okay, if you think so. You know, there, but there are, there must be people that you consider funny. Who, who is your Mount Rushmore of comedy? Who are the funniest comedians that you have ever seen? Not, not uh, personality wise, if you like them off the air or whatever, but just pure funny. Again, it, it's, it's a subjective thing. Yes. It's like who. The hottest Playboy centerfold. Well, would you be really sad if you like Miss August and Miss February went home with you? Right. Would that be a bad thing? It wouldn't be. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield was my guy. Comedians have pedigree, uh, just like you know Jerry Lewis and Jim Carrey, for example. They didn't do each other's jokes, but they had the same kind of comedic DNA. And Rodney was was mine, and I, I loved. Him. I got a chance to meet him. He was a bigger dented can than me. You know, I met him once before he passed away. He was a very nice guy, but just a hurting soul. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, he was my number one, I would say, on, the, on Mount Rushmore. Another one that uh, people, he was not a nice person at all. In fact, we had a very negative uh, exchange, Dennis Miller. Oh. And I know he's just a, a, a technically great comedian. He uses the words and his rhythm. Comedians have a rhythm. because there, there's, there's music, you know, music and comedy have, have a, a rhythm. And Dennis Miller's rhythm and his, his style, I very much admired. But as a person, I did not like him at all. Yeah, me neither. I met him too. Did you? Yeah. It, it's funny. And uh, D- Dennis Miller and people on to drop names. Dennis Miller and Bill Maher are the two comedians that people meet that, that don't have a lot of good things to say. Yeah. And I also will agree with the Bill Maher <laughs> <laughs> assessment. Both of those guys were on radio shows that I was producing. And, <laughs> you know, and if you can't be nice in a situation like that where you are going in pub. to promote yeah. yourself, if you can't yeah. be nice in that situation, you're just not nice. And they're not, again, whatever dents in their can or whatever, whatever things they overcome. How hard is it to be nice? Yeah. Hey, what's your name? Dave. Hey, Rick. Dave, thanks a lot. I mean, I appreciate it. It takes 30 seconds and you never have to talk to those persons again. But yeah, it seems to be. So number number three, you want a four. Uh, the, the third one, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you, Carlin. Can't, you, can do, you can do better than uh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's great. And again, I, I had no idea what to expect. And he could not have been any nicer. He was just down to earth, genuine, wonderful. And he didn't have to be. There's a guy that if, if he would have, you know, urinated on my shoes, I would have said, thank you, Mr. Carlin. <laughs> Could you do a number two in my lap? <laughs> <laughs> he was wonderful and, and, and funny. And I would say the, the fourth one, believe it or not, and I know I'm a cheesehead from Milwaukee, Bob Euchre. Oh, oh did, he's hilarious. 
he is genuinely a naturally funny guy. And I used to listen to him in the 70s because I grew up in Milwaukee and I love baseball. So I'm thinking, okay, the Brewers are in the American League. The Cubs are National League. That was my National League team. We talked yeah. about that on your podcast about the Cubs. So, right. And the White Sox were the enemy, but mm-hmm. I still liked Harry Perry and, and uh, Jimmy Pearsall. They were the announcers. Right. So Bob and he would tell these stories that had nothing to do with baseball. And the Brewers were 100 games out by May 1st back then. And at the time, then he would go on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and it would be the same story, but it was polished and it was funny. And say, ah, even as a kid, I knew that's what he was doing. He was polishing his material. Yeah. And I had a chance to meet him. A friend of mine, Drew Olson, who's a, was a beat writer for the Milwaukee Brewers for a long time. He's got a sports talk show in Milwaukee. He said, I know you want to meet Euchre. we got a getaway day last season. I can get you down in the dugout and I think you can meet him. So the Cardinals are in town. He used to play for the Cardinals. So I'm sitting in the dugout at Miller Park. Which is now American Family Field, yeah. and Euchre uh, was he wasn't going to do it, but when, and Drew's like, "Come on, it, it's a chance right now. He might blow you off, but let's see what happens." And all he had to hear was comedian and from Milwaukee, and we were there for like a half an hour oh, on awesome. the giant at Miller Park, and he's doing. And I knew about wrestling, I knew about his career, so we're going back and forth. I'm making him laugh. And he's, he's doing Andre the Giant impressions. And here the St. Louis Cardinals are looking because they want to talk to him. It's like, who's this idiot that's getting <laughs> <laughs> And, it, you know, you meet your heroes. And he could not have been any nicer. I've heard stories where he can be a little bit temperamental. Yeah. Uh, well. But I think he's just really funny. If he would have done stand-up, he would have been up there with the greats. He just he was, He's just naturally funny. You know, Jeff Foxworthy, you uh, uh, you told us, I don't know, it was the last time you were on with us. You told us the Jeff Foxworthy story um, that – is hilarious in a horrible way in a in a in a, in a uh in a proving that things don't go right for you mr lucky doby maxwell funny, kind of but way. ain't you yeah <laughs> right exactly so let, let's reopen that wound and why don't you tell us about jeff foxworthy's story well it's a big scab we'll just peel it off here i got a tweezer yeah. pull it off. uh he again could not have been any nicer and we're working in detroit michigan at a bowling alley that's got a comedy club attached to it mob joint all the way i think G- Jimmy Jimmy Hoffa's head was in one of the. That was actually the bags. name. The name of the place was called Mob Joint, wasn't yeah. it? Mob, Mob Joint, yeah, exactly. No, Mob Joint Two. The big one was in another suburb. This is the, <laughs> the laundering money. So again, he was a super nice guy, and I worked with a guy named John DeCoss, who's a Chicago comedian who's uh, on the radio. So it was a three. I was the opening act. John was the middle act, and and Foxworthy says, "Hey, man, you're really funny, and you're smart, funny." I want to take you out to lunch tomorrow, and uh, I'll buy you lunch, and I got this concept I want to run by you. And I was probably, I don't know, 25 years old, and I heard, like, Charlie Brown's teacher, free lunch. (laughs) Buy lunch. (laughs) I show up, and and he's got his little three-by-five cards and his spiral notebook and his pens, and he said, okay, here's my idea. You might be a redneck if, and then I do jokes about it. And I said, that is the dumbest idea (laughs) I've ever heard in my entire life. His eyes got, like, two big fried eggs. Why did you say that? Because that's a Mad Magazine bit. I heard that when I was eight. If you can sell that BS to the American public, pink Cadillacs from Mary Kay should be coming to your door. <laughs> well, I think I'm a million dollars with it. I swear, I got it right in space. A million dollars, a million dollars. Buy a lottery ticket if you want to buy a million dollars. This ain't working. You're a good guy, man, but I am out. Okay. And Jeff Foxworthy is the highest paid comedy entertainer in America. And I'm on with YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much sums it up. But he, and he, I saw him years later and he said, you know what? You weren't the only person that told me I was full of it. But uh, you got right in my face. You you did sell the concept. And we laughed. At it. And he laughed a lot harder than I did. I'll tell you that. 
<laughs> I, bet he, I bet he did. And, and here's what happened a month later. This is an addendum to the story. I don't know if I told this last time. I got a chance in my hometown of Milwaukee. There was some kind of a tour sponsored by, a, I don't know, a Zima or some kind of booze thing. And it was a, a two comedians. They had a big name comedian and a local opener. And that was the deal. And my guy, see if you can guess who this is. I was the opener, and uh, I did good in my set. And the headliner came up, and he did uh, taking a dump for about 20 minutes was his premise. And power tools was the rest <laughs> of it. Uh, Tim <laughs> Allen, huh? <laughs> Tim Allen, and he's second highest paid entertainer. <laughs> Am I mine with you two? <laughs> Happy to be on. <laughs> <laughs> now, <clears throat> you call yourself a dented can. You've mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah, um, and that's a that's such a great uh, term. Uh, oh, I've stolen it several. times. I use it all the time. Did you actually come up with that? Is that yes. your thing? Yeah, that's that's my thing. And I, I said it. I said it on the air one time. I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, and uh, somebody. Uh, it was the day after Father's Day, and my father was horrible biker. We never got along. And I got out and I did my sixty second soapbox, which I did with you, mm-hmm. uh, Rick, on the loop, and that started there in in Salt Lake City. And I got on the air the day, Monday after Father's Day and said, I would just like to say my father was an asshole. Mm. And I, I used that word in Salt Lake City. I thought my partner was heart was going to jump through his, his face. His, yeah. you know, mouth. And I thought, you know what? If I get fired, I don't care. I, I was going to put a bullet in my head. My life is terrible. And I went off on the soapbox and I said, hey, you got the strong family here. Somebody listening to me did not have a good relationship with their father. Nobody ever talks about it. The scab gets picked off every Father's Day. And I just want to say you're not alone. And I love you. Oh. And, you know, there usually rings right after. And he's like, phone didn't ring for 20 minutes. I thought, okay, pack my bags. I'm going to go back to Chicago. Everything's good. So finally a guy called up and he's, oh, I'm a trucker. I had to pull my truck over and I was crying. No one ever talked about that before. People called for weeks wow. and said, I'm a dented can too. And I said it on stage one night and someone came out, I'm a dented can. And they, they, when they say it by name, you know, you got something. Yeah. You know, I, famous for 30 whatever years nobody knows they know me as walker guy stalker guy hey comedian guy whatever you know jeffrey dahmer he got famous overnight they know his name they don't know my name dented can that they remember so i'm thinking you know what i'm gonna go with that yeah well it, it it's such a perfect term and i i have totally stolen it and Good. It, you use it you can use it in every situation you just you run into dented cans throughout your life and especially in the uh in the fields that that we've chosen to, yes. to spend our time there's a lot of dent cans wouldn't you say i would absolutely say and i, I think we all are to a certain degree yeah. but if if i can just plug up max my partner max Baumgartner and i we did a, a a youtube channel called the dented cast and in theory like communism it sounded really good in theory and we did 100 episodes and i think we got about 106 subscribers on a planet of 8 billion so commercial <laughs> <laughs> success but people going we did this one about suicide and we're, we're running them now we said we're going to do 100 episodes if it goes anywhere if it doesn't go anywhere and people that do discover it and i'll get i'll get emails out of the blue and say like, oh my god nobody talks about this stuff and it's not all doom and gloom everybody's got problems we try to have an upbeat positive ending and some people just you know those scars are never going to go away for all of us whatever that is is, is a child you know, you know alcoholic whatever you know you don't get along the estrangement of your siblings all, all that kind of stuff my sister and i didn't talk for 20 years we did a whole episode on that now we're okay with it but 20 years of our life are just gone yeah, yep yeah and then I, I hear from people that we do the episode. It's like, well, I didn't talk to my sister for thirty, or I didn't talk to mine for five, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call her up because I saw your episode. 
that's what I want. I wanted to do. Nobody's ever going to, you know, heal everything. But if I can just get some, that boy, you like Dave, you, if I inspired you to walk, dude, I can't tell you how good that makes me feel. No, no. You know, um, you mentioned about the sibling estrangement. Have I ever told you my story with my grandfather and his brother in, in the, the ghetto in Shanghai? Let's hear it. So, so my grandfather was Jewish and, um, so was his brother and they fled to Shanghai during the war. Um, in fact, that was Shanghai was one of the few places that uh, ended up taking Jews in. So they mm-hmm. go into this ghetto of like th- there's like 20,000 you know, Jews in a real confined ghetto. They hated each other so much that they still didn't talk to each other when they were exiled in the same ghetto. That that is hatred. That is German stubborn hatred. There, they would like walk by each other on the street and not say hello (laughs) in Shanghai. Exactly. (laughs) I'm starting to laugh. That's great. Yeah, their country kicked them out. They have nothing, and it's like, "Ah, son of a bitch. I'm not gonna. He took the last piece of kugel. Fuck him. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) They're escaping Nazis. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And they still can't talk to each other. I'm starting to laugh. That is so funny. It's it's like what is it? Sicilian Alzheimer they forget everything but the grudges yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> what it is so you know we should talk about your book before you go because uh it's well, out there because you make money too with yeah it. well you know don't tell people that we're, <laughs> this, this is more altruistic sounding yeah. now <laughs> okay only i make money and i donate it to eckhart's Press. that's that, Thank that's you. that's a, great that's way a much better way of saying it's better for tax purposes if you do that uh, okay but, that's... so your book is i don't know if you know this but it's it's one of our best-selling books. It's something that we're, we're very proud of. Uh, people talk to us about it still all the time. If you could give like a Reader's Digest version of what that book is about before we uh, we sign off, because uh, I, I think people will just be amazed by it. Well, I think everybody has a best friend from your life. Rick, what's yours? Dave, what's yours? When you're a little kid and you don't ask us while we're on there, that could get awkward. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but like, was it Rick? I mean, you guys been in college, right? I'm talking younger than that. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and I had my best friend Tim, who became Timbo, and I still don't know how. Uh, we were 11 years old when we met, and he decided as we grew up, he worked at a bank. He was going to rob the bank that he worked at, and he did ended up doing it twice, and he tried to blame one of them on me. And the second time he did it, he had uh, a gorilla mask and a tuxedo and helium balloons because there was a guy that was a gorilla gram that did it in downtown Milwaukee where he worked, and he basically stole the concept and did it himself as a bank robber. So that's why the book is called Monkey in the Middle, and it's about the uh, – there's some funny parts in it. There's some not funny parts parts in it and i have people that contact me probably once or twice a week i I don't know who the hell you are but somebody went to see your show and bought your book and they made me read it oh i couldn't put it down and oh my gosh and i've never had anybody the book sucks and it's i'm sure there are probably people that think that they haven't told me because i think it touches on on angles again that most people don't talk about you know it's not always fun to be a comedian we don't always have good relationships and you're in court federal court testifying against your lifelong best friend that i still have nightmares about it to this day i do yeah yeah you're talking about dented cans uh if you want to know how much of a dented can toby is uh you know read this the first few chapters about his upbringing with his parents and um and then this bank robbery story is the most amazing Just crazy story right. i have ever heard in my life and it's totally true right and i, I love the 
how you describe having to wear the wire. Was it in? It was like in a diner, right, or a restaurant, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he, Timbo, thought, oh, they're listening. I know they're listening. He thought the microphone was somewhere else. It was in my my sweatshirt, you know. And you think, and this this is nineteen ninety one or two, whenever it was. You think they have a little tiny thing the size of a dime that they put on your left nipple? No, there, there was wires and duct tape. <laughs> Kmart realistic cassette player, you know, wore this extra baggy shirt. I mean, it was it was laughable. And they said, okay, when you walk in the diner, there's going to be three undercover police officers in there. You won't know who they are. I walked in, you, you, you. <laughs> they, they scream of cop. It's like, where'd you go to the Halloween store to get your cop? It it's 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 funny if it ain't you. That's. I always say, you know, if, if it stinks, when you, I sell it after my shows, if it stinks, I'll buy it back if, if you don't like it. No one has ever sold me one back. So it, might, it must not stink. So you're no, touring again, right? I mean, you're, um, you talked to me about a week ago or so uh, that you wanted. Took a, it's because I got sick of the whole, the whole grind of it. And after the pandemic, I mean, it's a different world for a lot of industries and businesses. And working the honky-tonks, gin joints, smoke-filled fornicatoriums is over for me. But I'm trying to go to smaller theaters. As I get older, my audience gets older. And I just want to make it fun and do it on my own terms. So, yeah, I'm going to be selling some books. After, I'll, I'll write another book if I can get a book deal with Eckhart's Press. I'm open to it. <laughs> well, send uh, us a letter. Yeah. Send us a query letter. Uh, Our people will talk to your people. Uh, and I don't have any people. You're my people. <laughs> well, we don't have any people either. So it's a <laughs> okay. deal. So where are you going to – do you got a bit of a tour schedule going on? Where can somebody yeah, uh, see? At, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I got some stuff in the UP of Michigan, and I got some stuff in Wisconsin. And I think, you know what, as, as doing it my whole life – those people in those places laugh just as hard as they yeah. do in Hollywood or Las Vegas or Chicago yeah. Yeah. or any place else. And people need comedy. And believe it or not, I have acquired some fans over 40 years of doing this. And I'm a fan of people. You're a fan of people. When someone comes up afterwards and says, you answered my email. Oh, you sent me a picture. I send out more CDs. I, I think I gave away more books. You know what I'm saying? It cost me a little bit of money. But you know what? If that makes you happy, I, I've donated so many to people. And it's like, I, so I have a, a little bit of a fan base. And I want to serve them before we all take that final descent and land in the wherever the next world is. And if you're lucky, they all have diabetes. So you could get them yeah. on your podcast. Yeah. Right? Oh, I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing in the Upper Peninsula yeah. of Michigan. Hey, so you're eating that bratwurst. How you doing? Have you heard of my uh, podcast? Yeah. Here's Would my you card. like a Slurpee to go with that? <laughs> I got well, no hint with your name on Doby, thanks for doing this. Oh, it's, been it's, great, been, it's always fun catching up Thank with you. you. You're like w one of the nicest people that mm -hmm. I know, and uh, and you got to get out more. But thank well, you. I mean, you just <laughs> I, you have a good heart, yeah. Uh, and people that don't know you well don't realize that about you, but you absolutely do. And we need to hook up at Kaufman's for a uh, for a nice big deli sandwich. Are you allowed to eat that anymore? Are you allowed to eat stuff like that anymore? Yeah, that's the thing. People always tell you what to eat. You know, I, I can totally eat it. It's moderation. So I'll walk to Kaufman's. So tell me, what, give me two days' notice, so I can walk, <laughs> and I will even buy Dave a Doctor Brown's. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I'm a chopped liver guy though. That, yeah. those, that chopped liver is just. Dolby's a liverwurst guy, aren't you? I'm a liverwurst guy, I am. Yeah, it's the whole German. Well, my grandpa was Jewish and and uh, my grandma was German, so I can relate to both of you guys. I yeah. know, and we all know how good the Germans and the Jews get along in history. <laughs> so I look at you guys as the example. My grandma and grandpa fought worse than the World War II. So. Well, yeah, we're we're like a success story. Yeah. We're the, uh, Although every once in a while, Rick's generation. <laughs> every once in a while, Rick will invade my basement. Yeah. You know, or you know, only like, if he's asking for it. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs>
Well, thank you again, Doby. Have a good yeah, one. Buddy. And we'll we'll be in touch. And consider yourself signed for the yes. next book. It's going to be a good book, too. Talk to you soon. All right, All buddy. Right. Take Bye. it easy, buddy. Bye-bye. <laughs> Mr. Lucky himself. I'm telling you, if you're having a particularly bad day, let me get, email us. Yeah, yeah, we'll email you his address, and you'll be able to talk to him. But, you know, his his greatest uh, contribution to society is the term dented can. Yeah, yeah. Like, dented. That really is a great one. And he's right. We all are dented can. Yeah. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H-Shows.com. We're distributed by Ed Silla with Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with a brand new episode of Anusha Men Celebrity Interview. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I'm Rick. I'm Dave. And we're the hosts of the Minutia Men Podcast. Rick is the former executive producer of two Hall of Fame radio shows. Dave is an out-of-the-box thinker, a guerrilla marketer, and former advertising agency. We've been friends for 40 years. I was the best man at Dave's wedding. Yeah, you were an okay man at best. Was that really necessary? Minutia Men and Old Pie Show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.